Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. After the recording of our first live big interview with Neil Lennon on stage at Greenock Town Hall, which, if you haven't heard by now, get going, the Hibs manager stuck around and answered questions from a fairly lively audience. There's some more brilliant anecdotes and forthright opinions which I hope you enjoy. There may be some choice language, but you'll cope. This live event took place after we received an invite from Line of Duty star Martin Compston and a former footballer to boot who once graced the beautiful pictures of my beloved Pitodrick. Yes, Martin is a dandy. He was raising funds for his local hospice, Ardgowan. It's a wonderful place, a wonderful cause, based in Greenock. You're listening to this big interview with Neil Lennon for free, but if therefore you do feel like supporting Ardgowan, please visit www.ardgowan.com hospice.org.uk then hit the donate button you'll be doing the right thing listen we must do this more often I do like you okay look it's your chance to do what I spent the last hour doing quizzing one of the greatest footballers to have played in this part of the world can I see an opening bid for a question Callum there's Callum Martin on yourself, Callum. Hi, Neil. Um, you're a massive hero, mind you were when I was growing up. Absolutely idolised you. Top man, you're a legend. Um, my question is, the modern game's dominated by the so- uh, so-called super coaches, your Klopp's, Mourinho's and Guardiola's. Um, if you were able to play for one, what one would it be and why? That's a good question. That's a great question. Yep. Um, I like the way Klopp, Klopp's teams play. Um, the high intensity, I think it's, it's not a new thing in the game, obviously, but he likes to call it rock and roll football, and that's the way I like my teams to play as well. Um, Guardiola is just a genius in, in my eyes. Like I said earlier, you know, the greatest club side I've ever seen live was in 2011. Absolute masterclass of football, just pure football the way you want the game to play. And Mourinho's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's a winner. And 
you know, his record speaks for itself. Whatever country he's been in, he's won titles, he's won Champions Leagues with two very unfashionable teams, you know, the Porto team that beat us the year before and then the Inter Milan team in 2010. And that takes some doing. My favourite would be Guardiola. So if I could play for any one of those three, it'd be him. Right, good question from Callum. Clock calls it rock and roll football. We call it love is in the air football. <laughs> do, do, when do we do the I'm second? I'm not going to live without it. We've still got to do forever in blue jeans. Right at the back there, the handsome man with his hand in the air will be reached from... There we are. Pass the baton. It's like Britain used to do in the relay at the Olympics. And we've got it. Up you go. Neil, what did Super Sally whisper in your ear? <laughs> He said, if you're in the town hall in fucking green, <laughs> do not sing Love is in the Air. That really upset me. It was just a difference of opinion. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one day. His interpretation of it may be different from mine. Something like that. <laughs> Can I warn you about interviewing techniques? You're about to blow your chance because Neil's about to tell us. No, no. <laughs> well, one day I'll tell you, but not tonight. Go on, go on, go on. Go on, go on. It's fucking sold out anyway. <laughs> James of Ogie, you're not going to win that one. I'm going there. Uh, thank you. And then we're going to Clyde Ball of Football. But start with this gentleman here. Uh, hi, Neil. I'm not obviously a legend. Uh, I am. You are not me. Um, <laughs> 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 I was fan Petrov, obviously, in, in Graham's previous podcast. And he said um, one of the things that um, was the driving force behind this as old team was a, a fear of letting his teammates down, and kind of you and, and Paul Lambert as well. Is that the way you felt about it as well? Was that a kind of, was that inbuilt in the character of the team, or was that Martin's driving force? I, I think it's a bit of both. Um, certainly the ideology of the team came from the manager. You know, we were very, very driven. The mentality of the team was strong. If you look throughout the team, you know, Myself, Henrik, Chris Sutton, Johan, Paul. We were all around about Jackie, we were all around about the same age. Time of Seville, we were all sort of 29, 30. People these days would call that an aging team, but um, we didn't feel that way. Um, and there were a lot of strong characters in there. Um, and obviously that's what you need to be successful. If someone made a mistake, there would be someone quickly you know, letting them know about it. Um, and every day in training it was relentless, you know, there was such a competitiveness about the, the team and wanting to push each other on and wanting to do better. And looking back on it now, they're just brilliant days, you know, absolutely unbelievable. I'll never forget coming through the, the airport after we'd beaten Boa Vista, it was in Porto, 
And Porto are actually flying back from Rome. They'd beaten Lazio. So obviously the two teams have made the final. And the, 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 the airport was mobbed. Celtic fans and Porto fans. And it felt like the Beatles coming into New York. You know, we just carried, you know, from the concourse onto the plane. And the, the realise that you're going to a European final, the Celtic, you know, was just something very special. And that was probably the pinnacle that that team achieved. Although the following year, we come, we come back from Seville, we lost the league on the last day of the season by a goal. And then the following year, we, we just devastated everyone in front of us because players get into the habit of winning. Then they sometimes they take it for granted. And I'm not saying we took it for granted, but it became a way of life. And Graham was touching on it earlier about Barcelona as well. And then when you don't have it, i.e. the league title, you become even more hungry. And the following year was probably our best season, and we should have made the last 16, uh, but for a controversial penalty in Lyon. And that was the year Porto won the Champions League, so we weren't far away from, from that. And that's probably as big a, re a regret as not winning the UEFA Cup final that year. But in terms of the mentality of the team, it was fantastic because we're just winners everywhere you looked in the dressing room. And no shrinking violets. Um, but there was a great camaraderie and respect among each other as well. Top question. Thanks very much indeed. Where's the, is the mic still there? Where's the mic here? Okay, well, over in the. Clyde Academy of Football, Martin there. That's lovely, thanks very much indeed. Hi there, how are you doing? Uh, earlier on you touched on the, the sort of feelings at the academy level in Scotland and obviously with Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Mackay coming in recently as a new sort of director of football as you would have it. If you had a, a blueprint for Scottish football at the moment, what would you do? What would be the biggest change you would make to the, the, the grassroots structure in Scottish football? I would let the kids play for the schools. I'll let the kids play for the boys' clubs. And then if they're affiliated with a professional club, then they could go and train with the, the club maybe, you know, a couple of times a week. Because my own opinion, and it's just my opinion, and it's, from, it's based on my own experiences, is that the kids don't get enough football. And we live in an age now where you can watch football anywhere in the world, or from anywhere in the world. So they're getting a lot of it on the telly. You know, there's a game on every night, which is great for punters or, or older guys. The kids, you know, more or less want to stay and watch the football rather than they're practicing. Now, I've seen it, you know, some academies. I've never, ever, ever been a fan of them. Now, people will argue the point that it's, it's the best way forward and, and this, that and the other, but in my opinion, they're not working. We're not producing the players we were producing 15, 20, 25 years ago. And there's a reason for that. The game hasn't changed. The passion among us hasn't changed. The love of the game hasn't changed in Scotland. It's as fervent as any country in the world. And we're front and back page. Football, football, football. But the one thing we're not getting right is, is producing players now. We're all culpable as parents. We're all culpable as well. We get our kids the best of gear. You know, I bought my boy a pair of boots for his Christmas, don't tell him. <laughs> and the, the cost of fortune is 10, you know what I'm saying? 
why am I doing that? You know, why am I giving him the best of gear? Because does he appreciate it really? Does he really know what it's about? You've got to earn it. I don't think the kids earn it enough. And then you go and watch kids football and you'll, you'll see people on the sideline. There'll be 20, 30, 40 people around the pitch telling them what to do, putting the kids under enormous amount of pressure before they've even made secondary school. So it's a social thing as far as I'm concerned. And I know parents want their kids to have the best. I know parents want their kids to be the next Ronaldo. But you've got to let them breathe. And if they have got a talent, then they've got to practice it and nurture it themselves. I see kids at schools. He plays rugby, my boy. It's very controversial in my house. <laughs> But like they're talking about fitness levels, they're talking about things that I would never have done at that age because they all want it too soon. They don't let the kid develop on their own. Eventually my boy will be 15, 16 and he will physically develop into a man but they're wanting to do it now and they're missing all the fun of it. I think, I think a lot of the fun of playing football at 9, 10, 11 years of age is is going or it's gone and they lose interest after a while and any of other kids in these academies here they're from 8, 9, 10 years of age to 15 and then at 15 they go sorry you're not going to make it thanks for the last 6 years and he's missed out on all that football he could have been playing with his pals playing with his school playing with his boys club and it, it's just my opinion because I've been through the, the system if you want to call it that I've been through the professional game. I know how hard it is to get to the, the elite level. And not only get there, but stay there as well. And I don't think we're breeding the hunger anymore. I don't think the kids are hungry enough anymore. And I can see that a lot. Graham was talking about the Spanish team loving the ball. You know, their Euro 2008 team doing double sessions in a tournament at the end of the season. Everyone else will go, I'm too tired, fatigued, end of season. But this mentality of the Spanish that maybe we should adopt, not their methods, but certainly the mentality. Sorry, can I ask, do you think that the, in this country it's all about... Also, our coach is at grassroots level and we are had it drummed into us all the different coaching badges we go to, that it's, it's not about the winning, it's about the taking part. You see, but, see, straight away that's wrong. That is wrong. And the other thing is, you know, what badges do you need to coach a fucking nine-year-old? <laughs> Seriously. That, that, I'm not being disparaging or anything like that. that. That is what's wrong. If I had a group of nine-year-olds in front of me and I've managed Celtic, what do you think I would do with them? Give them a ball. Give them a ball. And I wouldn't interject. I'd let them do their own thing. Because they're nine. They're nine years of age. What we have now is people stepping in going, don't do that. But that's his natural way of, of doing it. And what we're doing is taking that away from them. Now, again, you may disagree with me. You, you, you may disagree with me, but 
I didn't really get coached. I, I got coached. You get taught the basics of the game at nine. You know, kick it, side footed, run, dribble, tackle. But not, you know, do this, do that. I mean, it's. I see a lot of mini me's, mini Mourinho's, mini Guardiola's, mini Klopp's at nine, ten year old level. I was at Bolton, right? Their academy coach watched Borussia Mönchengladbach and he wanted the under-13s to play like Borussia Mönchengladbach. And that's, you know, it's totally wrong. We're sending the wrong message. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, starting right here. Thank right you. Um, first of all, thank you to Dion, Graham and Martin for organising this night for the hospice. It's a very good cause, so thank you for your time. More than a pleasure. Neil, as a top manager, who is your hardest opponent? I would suggest Morton in the League Cup at Parkhead. <laughs> I just got over that. <laughs> I'm going to have a sleepless night. In terms of managing the, the toughest team, uh, well, Barcelona, obviously. Um, nah. Benfica, Benfica were very good. Benfica were very good uh, tactically. Um, like a lot of Portuguese teams, they're, they're very structured and hard to break down. Um, very good tactical players and very, very good on the counter attack. I thought they were excellent. In terms of the Scottish game, well, you, you know, you look no further than, than Rangers. You know, they played a, a certain way on the on the Walter. Very, very much physical, and uh, very much counter attacking as well. Where you'd have the likes of Lafferty and Nesmith in wide areas, and the <coughs> suck in to playing centrally. And look to intercept square balls, and then the white men would break from the inside areas and leave your fullbacks outstanded. And then you're a big physical team as well. Um, 
Ajax played against them a couple of times, the Axon team. And one of the best teams uh, before they really hit the ground running was Atletico Madrid for uh, Simeone took over. Uh, the Falcao and their team, um, it was about four or five. Courtois was in goal. And the, the work rate of these guys was phenomenal. We had the data, you know, and they were well ahead of our guys in terms of uh, distance run, high intensity runs, sprints. And that was a great indication for me of where we needed to go in terms of how hard they worked out of possession. One email question from Pat, the Miami King in Linwood. Um, when you're growing up, and I'm up, favourite Celtic player? Kenny Dalglish. Probably doesn't need explaining, but. And then he went on to Liverpool, and then as I was growing older, Paul McStay. He's a. He was so good and he wasn't playing in a great Celtic era, but he was outstanding and he had so many opportunities to leave Celtic and he stayed. And there's times you'd watch him, he'd carry the team, he was just a class above. And um, one of the most unassuming guys, I don't know if you've ever met Paul, very shy, unassuming guy, but. Uh, one of my heroes going up. Comes from a lovely footballing family too. The microphone should be just at the back there now, I think. Yeah, there we are. The gentleman who's about to... Hello Neil, as a player, what's the best game you were ever involved in? Oh, probably uh, Juventus 4-3 at Celtic Park in the Champions League. Um, it was a great game, it was so open, you know, both teams ran for it. And Martin let Marav check loose. It was sort of the final game of the Champions League and uh, Lubo was just fantastic that night. Sutty scored a fantastic volley. Del Piero scored a free kick into the top corner. They brought on up Frigger Trezeguet, he scored twice in the second half. So it was end to end and then to come off with a 4-3 win, you know, was phenomenal. You know, the, the pace of the game and the intensity of the game and the atmosphere was tremendous. And, my other favourite is Liverpool away when we beat them 2 0 at Anfield. Because it was billed as the Battle of Britain. And every round, you know, the Scottish press didn't give us a chance. After the first game 1 1, you know, everyone said going to Anfield, you'd have no chance. Stephen Gerrard, Michael Owen, Heskey, Didi Haman. You know, they're the team that were very, very strong and in two years' time in the Champions League. And uh, we went down there and did a, did a great job on them, beat them 2 0. And, and Big John. Screened in the second, you just knew we'd done it, and the, the euphoria after that game was fantastic. Sensational. We've got a front row man and a front row question just here, Neil. How you doing, Lenny? Neil, Neil. We're on Tommy Burns' 60th uh, birthday today. Just want to know your experience at Tommy. He's very good to me. You know, very supportive, um, very dry sense of humour, uh, great ideas on the game, loved the team to play football, just dead in the wool Celtic man. And one of my favourite stories is uh, we're doing a, a box one day, you know, like a repossession box, and uh, I think it was uh, 
Derek Rarman went in late on Gary Caldwell. And Caldwell, you know, didn't lose his temper very often, but he, he took the net and the two of them squared up. And you see Tommy George, and you think, oh, sorry, Tommy's got this, he's going to break it up. And he went, oh, oh, oh. oh. I don't think he liked Dick, so he was hoping Gary would fucking knock his butt off. But uh, very, very, very fond of him and uh, very sorely missed. Can I throw in that when I was sent to Juventus to study their training methods, wrote a big spread in the paper and Tommy phoned up and said, Listen, can you take me out there again? Alright, I'll try. Lippy's in charge. It's in the build up to the Champions League that Juventus win. So we go out there and we study training, we get into the gym, we're allowed into the sessions, we watch two or three sessions, we do all the, the metrics that they're doing, it's putting Tommy far ahead. We sit down for lunch with Lippi and Danielle Boalia, the press officer, is, is translating for the lot of us because neither Tommy or I have got Italian, but it's all very clear and Lippi's like, I remember you. So I remember you in 80, 1980, you went to Celtic, I think it's... Um, Possibly I win at Parkhead and a defeat at the Commonale and Lippi's like, I wasn't at events then, but yeah, I remember all of you. So we sit down and have this fantastic chat and Lippi at the stage isn't a World Cup winner. But like Alex Ferguson said in his book, when United beat Juventus for the treble in the semi-final, I look across and it's only Ancelotti. Thank fuck it wasn't Lippi. Ferguson's intimidated by this fucking regal Hollywood god of a man. So I've taken Tommy to this experience in Bashful, though I am. It's a first-class experience. And he repays me in the hotel in Turin like the night by phoning up in a Donald Duck voice to ask me for a pizza in a Donald Duck voice. <laughs> that, to me, is Tommy Burke. Uh, now, there we are, look at the speed of that hand. There's a hand right there. Whoever has the mic, this gentleman here shot up as if he was sitting on something hot. There it is. Why Hi Neil. Uh, just we were talking about grassroots football earlier. Um, Graham, you might maybe be able to answer this as well, you in Spain. Uh, we can't produce a national team at the moment because obviously we need the grassroots boys coming through. The local councils are charging too much money for our young boys, our kids, our grandkids that are coming through, but obviously not football. But what can we do about it to produce a national team? Now, Neil, your Northern Ireland team uh, uh, got to the Europeans, Wales got to the Europeans, England and the Republic. But what can we do in Scotland? to get a team on the park. Graham, you might be able to explain how it operates in Spain because you're out there. If you don't mind, please. Thank you. You're on, Neil. You're on. Well, you've more to say. I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be brief because this isn't my night and I haven't won no, trophies in the planet. No, go ahead. Well, very, very, very briefly because it's more important. And Neil's touched on some of the points. One of the absolute clear things about Spain is that wherever you go, on every street corner, there's multi-sport flat surfaces. Every neighbourhood 
because they believe in basketball so much there, and because as Neil pointed out astutely, climate helps, not heat, but the fact it's not pissing with rain and freezing cold all the time. So kids still, in my neighbourhood and every neighbourhood, go out and play all the time on these free-to-use surfaces, which you can have a basketball court, and they're, they use a heavy football. They use a heavy football, so you can't kick it long. It's football sala, we would call it five-a-side, but it's different over there, because the ball is smaller and much firmer. So from the first touches is your grandchildren. Um, they're out after school or on the weekends, playing for free on this surface. Possibly having to dodge around adults playing on the same pitch, which relates to what Neil was saying, which Cruyffel was said about, and Tuchel was saying, give kids little problems like, are you being chased away by somebody who's a janitor in the school, or is there a car going by, is there a car to play a one-two off, or are you playing around a crowd of people? But they play with this ball that no kid in Spain will ever kick the ball on because you can't, it's too heavy. It's all about touch, can you hold the ball and use the ball, what do you do with it? They can play in any weather at any time of year. Secondly, and I, that's why I have to curb myself and shut up, which I don't often do, but I'm not disagreeing with Neil at all, but in Spain, you talked about overcoaching. The fact is they coach better at all ages. They coach with different criteria, they coach intelligently, and they coach, one, they, they teach the coaches how to teach, and you can qualify in that purpose. Secondly, they value the ball. Right throughout the culture, the ball is there to play with, to use. And every level of football in Spain relates in one way or another to basketball. You never see a basketball player throwing the fucking thing away. Let's get this ball as far away as possible. Let's keep the ball at all stages, under any circumstances. Recycle it, look for a gap, be smarter, be quicker to where the ball is, have the ball back at any cost. They do lots of things like that that culminates in there being a broader spectrum of footballers who do what I know and he knows you all want to see your footballers doing with the ball here. That's enough for me because I'm just an observer. Maybe the last question right is going to go to whoever donated to the auction, who's donated to Argowan. So only put your hands up if you donated. Martin Compson knows where that microphone is going. There he is. Uh, the Martin, right, Paul Queen, but can I ask you one question, Neil? See, was it after Porto when uh, they lost the league and it was on goal difference? Uh, probably Park. Do you remember a reckless challenge coming in from our <laughs> to give away the penalty? This man Sean Dillon left back very tight. <laughs> 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 oh, he gave Celtic, he gave Celtic a penalty. Nice one, Sean. I can see you go home, home with a Celtic supporter's bus after the game. <laughs> I was going to say, it couldn't have been me, Ted, I was going to have the robot for. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Alright, Neil. It, it's obviously common knowledge the amount of shit that you went through when you were manager of Celtic. Uh, I just want to know why, after everything you went through, did you stick it? Well, it was very difficult, obviously, for myself and, and my family. Um, it, it, it was a lot to give up at the time. Because you go in and you, you look at the players training, and you got kids from South Korea, Honduras, Greece, you know, the best Scottish players, and you're thinking, well, you know, why, why do you want to give this up just yet? You know, because of something outside of football, it's not really your fault and not really your concern. 
Um, I was well briefed by people in the intelligence operations as to what was going on. And it was worth it, you know. The only way I could get back, you know, for want of a better word, to hurt these people was by my team winning. And that's, you know, the satisfaction. And we won a lot. <laughs> Should, shouldn't we say, Neil, if Martin's saying that that's time up, the, I can't speak to you, you'll speak for yourself. Uh, the privilege of being invited here uh, by somebody that I admire a lot, a talent, um, a man of style, a man who's conquering his feelings. <laughs> Adrian, where are you? <laughs> now, to be phoned in Barcelona and asked to come over here and to help um, a project like Argaon when our government, you know, won't put funding into the NHS, is leaving its citizens to cope as best we can. And a project like that means everything. It's what we used to be good at in Scotland. We used to share, we used to care, we used to fight for each other. So from my point of view, even before I knew that it was... Uh, uh, a manager who put nine past Aberdeen. <laughs> for fuck's sake. And if you were trying to hurt him, why did you take it out on us? Anyway, uh, it's a deep, deep honour and privilege. And to listen to the football intelligence and humour you've shown tonight, for me anyway, has been a massive privilege. Neil, it's, it's been fun to be with these people. I'd like to thank you all for coming out, you know, and showing your support for, for Martin, um, especially this time of year, a week before Christmas. Um, and thank you for your hospitality and thank you for listening. You met a, an old man very happy tonight. I'd like to thank Graham for making this very easy and very enjoyable. And uh, I hope you all have a, a great Christmas and a great New Year. Thank you. The Big Interview is produced by Backpage and me, Graham Hunter. The music you always hear, the music that you love, is Beer Jacket, who's always been there for us. You can keep up with everything that we do by getting on the mailing list at grahamhunter.tv. How many times do I have to tell you? Yes, several thousand of you have done it, but come on, slackers at the back, sign up. That grahamhunter.tv site is also where you can buy the new updated version of my book, Barca, The Making of the Greatest Team in the World. It's my account of the Guardiola era at the Camp Nou from 2008 until 2012, plus Tito, Tata and Adios Johan Cruyff. It is in all good bookshops now, but it does also make a big difference to all of us who've worked on the project if you choose to buy direct, particularly for Christmas at grahamhunter.tv forward slash books. You'll be sure to get the new edition and you will be helping us to continue producing independent content. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Without you, this would be fun, but a lot less fun. See you soon.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.